So I am Eric the Wandering Poet, and I do have a box of poetry that I put out every day on Telegraph Avenue, and I have some poems that I want to perform, and it's been it's been a long ride doing this in Berkeley, but uh that was Eric Thurson, who goes by the stage name of Eric the Wandering Poet. Eric arrived in Berkeley three weeks ago after an incredible journey, which took him through four boarding schools and every state between California and South Carolina. Along the way, Eric discovered a unique philosophy on religion and a love for poetry. Regular nights when he searches for meaning, he's damaged goods. The bargain baseman. Regular nights when he searches for meaning. When, suddenly, in his self-exploration, he discovered he was the moon, and he had a planet as a companion, and the stars weren't so far. Welcome to People's Park Podcast, a podcast featuring the stories of the homeless in Berkeley. I'm Varun Satyan, and I'll be your host. I, uh, I've had a lot of fun writing poetry. I used to be even more passionate about it. I just wasn't as good. And nowadays, I'm coming to terms with the realization that I may very well spend over 10,000 hours on my poetry. Okay, 10,000 hours is pretty crazy. Malcolm Gladwell actually has a theory that after 10,000 hours, you can become a world-class expert in pretty much any field. I was curious how Eric actually spends this time, so I asked him to explain a bit. I've just been writing and cutting out poems, writing and cutting out poems, reading poems, reading science fiction, reading magazines, everything I can do to expand my mind and expand my vocabulary and expand my poetry. Eric's passion for poetry really is incredible, and I was sure that he must have some super inspiring role models, you know, perhaps a famous poet. I asked Eric the age-old question, if you could take anyone in the world out to dinner, who would it be? If I could take anyone in the world out to dinner, it would probably be a historical figure in India. Okay, I was not expecting that. Now, a lot of the Vedic, the Puranic, and the Bhagavad Gita scriptures were based off of actual real-life people, and I think that those were some very, very colorful characters in the Vedas and the Puranas and the Bhagavad Gita, and I'd probably take one of them out to dinner. Okay. Now, I don't know particularly who, but maybe Krishna or someone like that. So Krishna is one of the most widely worshipped figures in the Hindu religion. He is seen as the avatar of the god Vishnu. Just to see how over a billion people evolved into Hindus and it became one of the world's leading religions and it's also not one of the western religions. I was surprised at how much Eric knew about the Hindu culture. Being an Indian Hindu myself, I'd come to associate other Hindus as Indians who had similar upbringings to me. I became very curious about Eric's life. 
how did he obtain this understanding of Hinduism and his love for poetry? I asked Eric if he could take us through the key events in his life that got him to where he is today. I was born in Glens Falls, New York, which is upstate just north of Saratoga Springs and a little far north of Albany, which is the capital of New York. And it's a semi-depressed town because a lot of people left to go to the city and a lot of people who stay there stay there for life and a lot of people want out of it. And I stayed there for maybe a few years at the most while I was a baby and my mother ended up hitchhiking with me to Vermont where she later got an apartment and I ended up staying in that apartment for a good two years or three years, maybe even four years, I'm not sure. So I grew up in a single parent household in a rough Vermont neighborhood. When I was a baby, I got beat up a lot. When I was six years old, my brother and I got placed in foster care. A caseworker had come to his house and noticed neglect. She noticed neglect and things like that. And my mom's food was rotten and there was a lot of stuff going on in that household that shouldn't have been going on. Eric had nowhere else to go as his family was scattered across America. Eric's mother eventually did fight for custody and won her case. Um, so I got placed back with my mother by the foster care system. Eric, however, was not able to readjust to life with his mother. And uh, she moved two more times before I was taken away for good because I jumped in front of a car when I was seven years old trying to commit suicide. He was only seven years old, and he jumped in front of a car. I just wanted to get away. I was so upset and so filled with rage. I just wanted to get away from her. I was tired of her, and she was constantly repeating herself and saying things I didn't understand and saying things to herself. And so I decided that I was going to jump in front of a car. So what happened in the end, Eric? Did you have to go to the hospital? Uh, no, I didn't get hit. The person stopped just short of me. And that's when a case manager at Walmart noticed that my mother was yelling at me and I was only like seven years old. And she said, what's your name? And got my information. And later I got taken away and placed in a group home. And so from that group home, I ended up going to foster care one more time. And I, ha I French kissed my foster sister because I'd seen it on TV. And I mean, we weren't related or anything, but my foster parents understandably got really upset at that. And they sent me to a group home. And so I lived in that group home for just over three years. And I got adopted by my grandmother. And I had behavioral issues and the group home had put me on a ton of pills. And I couldn't get along with anybody in school. And I think I had some kind of, besides ADHD, some kind of autism, probably. Eric is not alone in his struggles. The National Coalition for the Homeless estimates that 25% of the homeless in America suffer from significant mental illness. But it made me all the smarter and I read Dan Brown's book, The Da Vinci Code, when I was like 12 years old. I read the whole book and I did things like that somewhat 
amazing feats for someone's age, but never continually. Eric was very intelligent as a child, but it quickly became clear to him that he did not fit in in school. He bounced around from boarding school to boarding school until he was eventually kicked out of his grandmother's house and sent to a foster care center in Maine. I was crying every day, didn't want to deal with it. I was like 13, 14 years old. And finally, my sister adopted me. Eric's eldest sister had been adopted a few years back, and she had recently settled down in New York with her fiancé. Eric, however, had not heard from her in years, so he was really excited when she reached out and adopted him. And I had a lot of fun with her, and I wasn't really acting up or anything, but later on, I was getting into trouble at school, and I was having a lot of problems with math class. I kept getting 55s in math because I didn't really have any base when I went into algebra, integrated algebra, actually. So I had a lot of trouble with that. Though Eric was having trouble in school, at least being adopted by his sister meant having some place to call home. Unfortunately, this wasn't going to last. My sister was dating somebody at the time who was very wealthy, and he wanted me gone. So he later became my brother-in-law. But he saw that I was having problems, and they sent me to a psych ward upstate and they couldn't figure out what was going on with me and they tested me even though I was smoking weed and stuff at the time they didn't notice it in my bloodstream because I hadn't smoked enough and I was working out constantly because I played football in the end Eric's brother-in-law got what he wanted Eric was sent to another boarding school and never saw his sister again it was completely corrupt and they said that there were horses and horse rides for kids and ice cream every Sunday and really good food and really good accommodations when actually the parents paid $3,000 a month on money that these people pocketed. Child Protective Services quickly came in to shut down this boarding school and Eric got to go to a way nicer one in South Carolina. This school was run by an all-Christian group. In that boarding school I went to a camp and it was the most fun time I had in my life. They set up a little camp and they cooked breakfast every morning and we had like pancakes and sausages and stuff like that. And and they had power hookups and a workout machine and tons of stuff. And so we went out on the boats every day just about and we'd go water ski or scurf, which is scurfing is like when you wax a waterboard, but you don't have any footholds on it, so you wax it and you just hold on with your feet. Yeah, don't try this one at home, guys. You might actually die. It's a lot of fun. And you're being pulled behind a boat. So you could be going like 50, 60 miles an hour, which we were. It was the most fun I'd ever had in my life. All the people were Christian. And I had this crush on this girl named Shelby. And she was working for the boarding school. But she was 19 and I was 17. And But I had like big muscles back then. And I was an intimidating guy. And she really liked me though. And she was also Christian. He had a great time there, but unfortunately, Eric was eventually kicked out of this Christian boarding school. He bounced around a bit afterwards between schools and foster homes, and after a short stint of homelessness in New York, Eric made it down to D.C. for a cause that is near and dear to his heart. 
And so I traveled south to Washington, D.C. I involved myself with Occupy Wall Street, and I was fighting with Occupy Wall Street. We protested outside Lloyd Blankfein's house, who is the, or was the CEO of Goldman Sachs. And we slept outside Lloyd Blankfein's house. And uh, at the time, I was sleeping on the subways and stuff, so it was a nice relief. But the cops came down and hosed the sidewalks and hosed us if we were there and would beat people up and arrest them because Bloomberg was mayor at the time. And, of course, he's pro-corporation. The Occupy Wall Street movement gave Eric's life a definitive purpose. But once it died down, Eric wasn't really sure what to do or where to go. He only knew one thing, and that was that he was not going back to New York. And so I walked down to Alexandria, Virginia, and I've been traveling ever since. So what other places did you get to see before coming to California? I've been in Asheville, North Carolina, Colorado, Flagstaff, Arizona, I had a lot of fun in. I got put up on people's couches and did poetry at open mics and had people drive me around and like we hung out and smoked a lot of weed and stuff there. It was a lot of fun. Sedona, Arizona, where... My friends took me to a giant canyon and we hiked up the canyon. And uh, then California, I've traveled quite a few places in California. So Eric, you've been in Berkeley for about three weeks now. How do you feel about Berkeley compared to the other places you visited? Well, I'd like to see more space for performers and uh, straight panhandling kind of ruled out by personal choice. So panhandling is defined as the act of begging in the streets. Someone like Eric, who makes sales or provides a service for money, is not panhandling. His actions would be called bunking instead. But I mean, straight panhandling is a complicated issue because sometimes people do need to buy food or need to buy something they need or need to buy clothes. And but at the same time, I'm a I'm a personal I'm a performer and it's really troublesome when the avenue is so backed up i can't set up my box anywhere and sell poems eric's journey was really tough it takes a lot of grit to stay positive as eric has been i asked eric what he was grateful for today after going through what he had gone through i am most grateful for substances because currently i don't have anything I don't have anything, and because of that, I'm looking for something to do constantly because I don't have a real job. I mean, I do recite poetry on the streets, and I have a lot of fun doing that. It changes your perception, and I use it as a method to change my perception, not so much just get wasted or get high. It's more about changing your view on things so that you're able to be a little nicer to people and be a little more enlightened and use it for enlightenment purposes rather than just consuming. So the National Coalition on Homelessness did a study last year which found that 26% of the homeless abuse drugs. Perhaps Eric's response tells us why this number is so high. It's not about getting high. It's not about the rush. It's about finding an escape. Before we ended our interview with Eric, we asked if there was anything he wanted our listeners to know. You know, I get ignored so much. I'm tired of being ignored. 
and it gets on my nerves because people want to, they see somebody with a box out and a big backpack and they just ignore you when you say hi to them or something like that most people do but there are a select few be one of those select few that actually stops and either listens to a poem you don't have to give me any money or does actually talk to me and have a conversation with me because I'm not a stupid guy and I do have smart poems and I will sell you one for two or three dollars but you don't have to buy one I don't want you to think that you have to buy one I just want you to not ignore me so what will you do the next time you pass a homeless person on the street? Will you be one of the select few? It might not mean much to you, but it will mean the world to them. We will end this podcast with a poetry reading by Eric the Wandering Poet. You can find both him and his poetry on Telegraph Avenue at the University of California, Berkeley. Adventures in Cayucas. Rumble Sea, Rumble Cage, Rumble Strips, Kodiak, Over Mac, Photographs, Jumps a Jack, Priceless Bash, Faded Back, In a Pack, Vixie Wiles, Bivouac, Kerouac, In a Sack, Carry That, With a Mound, Traveler Bound, To a Nap, K-N-A-P. Blanket cat, barbier glass, topped off fat, like his bag, could be crash, drink from flask, but that's flat, call a cat. He drinks craft, wears a hat, coaster drag, spilling draft, wrestling laughs, wrestling down, undead found, mummy clowns, spring amounts, between boughs, special sound, earth avowed, dancing bounce, moves an ounce from its pouch, cross the lounge. A-list rouse against counts, numbered pals, blocked it out, soon rebound, world-renowned, to a gown, cloaked around, African towns, aquifer found, smulligan mounds, ocean air bound, lost hustles down, slept on its couch, connected nouns, with tarp greenhouse, greenery dows, sowed seeds abound, bay otters trounce, cayucas found, off to the south, splashes afoul, beyond the town, saltwater ouse.